back to the Renaissance times. Yeah. <laughs> How do you spell that? Times. T-Y-Times. <laughs> How are you today, Ray Harris? Peachy, peachy cane. We had a beautiful day here, which is so rare. I, I was outside enjoying it with my dog and my cigars, just chillaxing. How are you doing? Uh, today was a good day. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Good day. Good day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of this, man. Like, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, uh, good day. No. Okay. I can't find Ice Cube. Fuck it. Um, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I'm good. Marijuana? <laughs> uh, <laughs> man. My brain is so full of early Christianity right now between this series and the documentary. Right. You know, my brain is kind of exploding with shit. Right. And, and like no, things that I, I'll be writing the script for the documentary and I think, oh shit, that fits with the Renaissance. So I go and I'll write a bit and then, and then I go, I'm, writing, I'm working on the Renaissance stuff and I'm like, oh, oh shit, that's a good thing for the, so I have to go back to the documentary and find where that section is and I'm going back between the two and right. I tell you what. I'm pretty sure I am now the world's leading expert on Excellent. early Christianity. Excellent. I'm just on Facebook. I see random, you know, Christians, but and, I'm, and, and like I just have this overwhelming uh, urge to go. Well, <clears throat> to put my my suede jacket on and my <laughs> elbow patches on my body. Well, actually, um, let, let's talk about uh, the Gospel of Mark and how it relates to Theodosius and Saint Ambrose and Saint Augustine and and uh, blah 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 blah. Like, I think you'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, my brain is exploding yeah. with Christian stuff. But, so, um, yeah. Hmm? No, just just tell me you're gonna you're gonna be normal or or whatever passes for normal for you by the time we go to Europe. That's all I need to hear. Oh fuck no! It's gonna be because <laughs> documentary is due to be finished uh, like early July. That's uh, last week of June, early July is oh when it's gonna be finished. Yeah. So I'm gonna be in the thick of just finishing the whole fucking journey right. before I jump on a plane and go to Europe. So you're gonna be brain dead. I'm gonna have to lead you around mm. for at least for the first yeah. week. No problem. With a no problem. with a leash. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> in my gimp suit. Uh, last episode of the Renaissance, episode nine, we, we talked about the Edict of Thessalonica. This is when in 380, Gratian, Valentinian II, and Theodosius issued that edict where they declared that Nicene Trinitarian Christianity yeah. to be the only legitimate religion of the empire. Now, uh, Nicene Trinitarians, just to remind people, these are the ones that say, believed in the Holy Trinity. God, mm-hmm. Father, and the uh, fucking... No. Father, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, were the same thing. Without the fucking. The same... Right. The, sa- <laughs> the same essence. Uh, how does that work? We don't know, but don't ask us. It just is. It's official. Um, they became the uh, the official uh, religion of the empire. Uh, as opposed to all of the other versions of Christianity that also believe they were the real versions. Right. No, this one. Then in 390, we talked about how Theodosius had 7,000 people Oops. killed in Thessalonica after there was you know, somebody beat up a guy who was accused of homosexual rape. Right. He was a charioteer, I think. Yeah. Um, Theodosius's governor went nuts, had everyone killed. <laughs> And Ambrose, the Bishop of Milan, who used to just be a politician, but mm-hmm. then just, you know, somehow turned into like the most feared Christian in the entire empire, kicked Theodosius out of the church, forced him to beg for forgiveness, get down on his knees, kiss his ring, right. and then kiss the ring on his finger, <laughs> and uh, basically acknowledged that Ambrose was the boss, and Theodosius, the emperor, the yeah. sole emperor of the Western and Eastern Roman empires, was just a little bitch, yeah. basically. It, exactly. And like you were saying last time, I mean, Ambrose is like, look, you have to become the imperial leader of Christianity. You have to put the entire power of the state behind the church. And notice I said behind, not beside or in front of. You have to, you have to take care of this, and you have to go after the enemies of the Nicene Trinitarians. We've got to lock this stuff down, and only you can do it. And I order you to do it. 
Yeah, Ambrose had Theodosius so whipped <laughs> that he was able to publicly declare that the emperor recognised the moral supremacy of the church over the emperor. Mm. Now, he waited till Theodosius was dead before he said that, but he still said it. Uh, he said it yeah. at Theodosius' funeral. Um, now, that's, uh, you know, and I can't fucking make a big enough deal out of this, right. man. As I've said a couple of times, the church has only been legal <laughs> in the empire for 60, 70 years. Right. And they now basically run everything. They've got the emperor whipped. I mean, that's that's, that's astounding. And, and again, yeah. remembering that Ambrose isn't some religious uh, uh, savant. He's not some guy who's holier than holy. Right. He was. He, he knew nothing about it. He knew fuck all about <laughs> religion until they, he cooked this thing up between himself and Gradian where he became the bishop because they wanted a military governor style in the capital of the empire, of the Western Empire, Milan. Um, and then he and then he basically just assumed that the authority of of the church. Um, but there might have been somebody else involved in this as well. Maybe it wasn't just Ambrose that hmm. was pulling the strings here. Right. I was going to ask. I'm sorry, just let me yeah. ask a quick question before you go on. During all yeah. this, obviously Ambrose is the power of, in the land. Um, what is the Pope doing during all this? Is he just doing the day-to-day stuff of the church? Because Ambrose is laying down very important um, expectations and, and, and things like that. I mean, I just, just out of curiosity, I, I meant to look it up. I ran out of time. But I'm just wondering, what the hell is the Pope doing? I don't think I'm supposed to say it in that, those words, while Ambrose is running amok. Yeah, I don't think the Pope at this stage was uh, ha- had this sort of uh, centralised authority that we ah, think of the Pope as right. today. He was just the Bishop of Rome. Okay. Um, you know, one of many bishops at the time. Uh, you know, a certain amount of authority the Bishop of Rome had before the um, seat of government moved to Milan and mm-hmm. then later to Ravenna, as we'll see in couple of episodes. Right. Um, so he's just a guy. He's just another bishop. Okay. Now, the theory that it's not just Ambrose that's pulling the strings here is that there was another guy working behind the scenes. His name was Flavinius Rufus, uh, but he was known by his friends as... Yeah, boy! Yeah! That's what I got everybody up in the Bronx saying. Everybody up in the Bronx saying, yow, that's Flav shit, nigga. They call me Flavor, flavoristic, majestic Flavor. Don't you know that I'm the flavor that you gave her? I'm in the life that you live when you, ah, uh, do it again. They call me Flavor, flavoristic, majestic Flavor. Don't you know that I'm the flavor that you gave her? I'm in the life that you live when you, ah, uh, do it again. Now they call me flavor. I'm in the shot that you shoot when you're swishing. I'm in your dip and your dab when you're dipping. I'm the aroma in your motherfucking kitchen. Now that's Now they call me flavor. I'm in your mouth when you wake up in the morning. Damn. I'm the stink on your breath when you're yawning. What? I'm in the milk and the cows of the corner. Flavor, flavor, the flavor, Mac. Flavor, flavor, never stick you in your back. Flavor, flavor, wanna real or real. Flavor, flavors in what you feel, boy. Now they call me flavor. Flavor never stick you in your back. Flavor, flavor, wanna real or real? Oh, hey, yo, no. Kerwin, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> they call me Flavor. <laughs> That's what he was known as by his friends. Flavor. Flavor, Flav, Rufinus. Rufinus. Right. Now, his official title in Milan had been the Magister Officorium, the head of the officers. Pretty powerful position mm-hmm. in the court, one of the senior administrators. And he was also known to be a fanatical. Christian mm. and was determined to be one of the most powerful people in the Eastern administration. So he right. wanted to go from Milan to Constantinople. Ah. Now, this meant getting rid of Tatianus, who was the Praetorian prefect in Constantinople, who was a pagan. Ooh. So Flavor Flav is trying to figure out how to fuck up the career of his rival in the uh, eastern part of the empire. That doesn't seem so, very Christian-y, 
but please, dude, <laughs> have you have you have you been listening? This is completely Christiany. Sorry. So, don't forget, you know, Jesus uh, helped Constantine kill tens of thousands right. of uh, Romans that, that needed to die. Right. And and this is something I was thinking about. You know. Um, I don't know if we've have we talked much about the concept of the Messiah on this show. I, I can't remember what I've said here and what I've said other places. Right. Have I gone on about the reinvention of the, the of the Messiah idea? I don't believe so. Not not in any great detail. Well, look, I'm going to do this really quickly. But, okay. You know the concept of the Messiah, the Messiah as it's known in Hebrew, Jewish idea doesn't really get mentioned in the Old Testament at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it crops up in what's known as the intertestamental, inter, intertestamental, fuck, intertestamental literature or intertestamentary, something like that. The shit that, the shit that was written in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, mm. basically. Okay. Um, and the concept of the Messiah, there was lots of different ideas the Jews had. Basically, here's the thing. So the Jews, um, for, for, for centuries and centuries, had prophets say, oh, look, I know shit's really bad for us right now, um, but um, God has promised that one day we will rule our own lands again. And, and we're, we're his chosen people. We're his favorites. Yeah. We're going to get it all, man. We're going to be the rulers of the motherfucking world, Woo! yo. We're going to be drinking Cristal. <laughs> we're going to be driving... Escalades, Escalades. they were the original rappers, basically, (laughs) the Jews. They they thought they were going to have the bitches and the cristal and, um, you know, they were going to find them in the club, they would be drinking bub. Um, Fishing their shoes. But but it didn't happen, right? Right. So they had been oppressed by, you know, the the, the Persians, uh, you know, the Babylon and all that kind of stuff, and then Cyrus gave them back their land for a while, and then then Alexander the Great comes in and goes, (laughs) suck it, bitches. (laughs) And then, you know, we had uh, Alexander the Great's boy Seleucus and the Seleucid Empire that controlled that area with uh, um, uh, fucking, what's his face, Ptolemy for a little bit on and off with Ptolemy, but then right. really the Seleucids. And then, of course, uh, the Romans came in under uh, Pompey yeah, and and, and and 60, whatever it was, something, 63 BCE, something like that, took them over, and they've been run by the Romans. So. The Jews have been the, the prophets have said that God is going to you know make them rulers of the land. They did have a little bit of period there right? in between the Seleucids and the Romans. You know the Hasmonean kings. You know they had a, about a century where they could r- ruled their own lands, mm-hmm. but, but the Romans took care of that. So you know the Jews are like, what the fuck, God? <laughs> like you promised us we were going to be the chosen ones, and we're just getting literally raped with no Vaseline constantly by one group of oppressors after the other. And so some Jews started thinking, well, maybe we're doing it wrong and maybe we're bad Jews and we're not worthy, we're not worthy. And maybe what's going to happen is God's going to send a guy who's going to lead us to victory. And this is the Messiah, the mm-hmm. Messiah. Gotcha. And, and, and in various schools of thought, he was going to be a great warrior king in the line of King David, mm-hmm. um, going to you know, lead an army in to defeat their enemy. And some other schools of thought, he was a, a, a charismatic teacher or a preacher who was going to teach them to be more holy because maybe they mm. weren't holy enough. It's right. always, you know, whenever you're one of these religions, you're always like, well, when you have a prophecy and then it fails, it's never like, well, fuck you, God, you screwed up. <laughs> we, They're like, oh, well, it's our it's fault, us. right? Yeah, we They're, could be it, better. It's like, it's like an abused wife, right? Every time her husband hits her, people say, you should leave. And she goes, no, it's, you know, I drive him to I, it. I deserved you know, it. Yeah. I deserved it. I didn't have dinner ready when he got home. I walked it's into exactly a door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. These eschatological religions are exactly the same. Oh, and, and it's the same with UFO cults. Oh, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Um <laughs> So anywho, mm-hmm. this is where the idea of the Messiah comes from. He's going to be a warrior king or, or a priest or sometimes both or sometimes it was going to be two of them, king and a priest. They were going to work together like um, uh, uh, fucking David and, and um, Zolok, Zodok, Zod, Zadok, Zadok, who was his, his priest. Mm. Anyway, didn't come. The Messiah didn't come. Jews are still waiting for the Messiah, by the way. Um, uh, the Christians pick up this. Well, the early Jew, the, the, the the Jesus faction, there were Jews, right? And right. The, the Christians. Jesus was a Jew. Paul was a Jew. Peter was a Jew. They're all Jews. Jew, 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 Jew. <laughs> um, and uh, they they decide Jesus is a Messiah, but he's dead. You can't have a dead Messiah. No, it doesn't work. 
No, like so somebody somebody said says on my documentary, dead messiah is nonsense. It's like military intelligence. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know? Or it's like fried ice cream. I said actually I've had fried ice cream. He goes okay, forget that one. Um, so you can't have a dead messiah because the messiah is supposed to be this warrior king. So anyway, what the Christians did is go, oh no, you don't understand. No, this is this is a new kind of messiah. No, this is this is these two point he's, he's going to come. He's going to come back. Right. And then he's going to come back with an army. There's going to be a spiritual army. It's going to be the greatest fucking army ever, man. <laughs> and they all believed it was going to happen in their lifetime. Paul did. Um, the, the writers of the Gospels did. They're all like, no, fucking don't even go to sleep, man, because it's going to, we'll talk about this later on. Anyway, so what they've done now is, and this is when Jesus leads the armies of Constantine to victory over Maxentius. Was it Maximum? One of the fucking Maxes, anyway, Mad Maxes. Right. They're going, well, see, Jesus is now the warrior messiah again. He is, he is, they've recast him in this idea of the warrior messiah, except he's, the, you know, he's a spiritual, he's, mm-hmm. he's a ghostly, supernatural warrior king who's leading the, 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 the human soldiers into battle and victory on the battlefield. So don't know how I got into that. So Flavor Flav, um, he, 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 how did I get into that? Flavor Flav. Wants to get rid of this guy. So it's very Christian-y is my point. Right. You know, Total wa- Christian. warrior messiah. Right. Warrior messiah, kill your enemies. Very Christian. <laughs> Whew. That was a long fucking path to get to that. Yeah, and the point you were making last time, and I guess this is still a part of the Hunter Clause, is that so the church is pretty much just a couple of steps shy of being a theocracy. Not only do they want to determine what happens to you after you're dead, but they also want to control things while you're living. So again, the church has got, I mean, just almost unchecked power. And uh, Theodosius, who's not getting any younger, is going along with it and saying, yes, sir, may I have another. So this is where the Theodosian decrees kick in Mm -hmm. that that we talked about um, briefly last time. Um, so whether it's Ambrose or it's Flavor Flav or both behind it, we don't really know. But they're, you know they're all into it. So the punishment uh, against well, the punishments for being a pagan start to seriously ramp up here. Right. Um, you know there, there are laws against sacrificing. There's laws against even going into pagan shrines now. Yeah. The punishment for worshiping pagan statues, images of any kind, was forfeiture of your house. Damn. They're not hit, hit a person where they live, no pun intended. Yeah. That's just for, like, you know, worshipping. You're going, hey, 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 Apollo. Yeah. Looking good there. Looking good, <laughs> Apollo. Uh, and the Romans catch you. How did I get in here? Oh, I, th- I thought I was at the market stall. How did I get in this temple? I- I'll be leaving now. We're taking your house, motherfucker. <laughs> Um, punishment for sacrificing in a temple or, or at a shrine right. was 25 pounds of gold, 11 kilograms of gold. Damn! Now, that's a lot of fucking gold. That is. I don't think I've ever held. And, and just to give everybody context, pretty much everything that Theodosian, uh, Theodosius I does, Valentinian II, obviously through Ambrose, is going to match him in the West. So, yeah, so they, so you can't, um, they, they get rid of the sacrifices, you can't go to the temples, and they're, they're pretty much closing all the pagan temples down, which practically outlaws paganism. So whatever's done in the East is being done in the West. So this is across the board. Isn't Valley 2 dead now? Uh, 391? I'm not sure. When did he die? 392. Yeah. yeah so, about the so, time uh, but, he, but again, he, he's probably doing nothing more than sign- signing or affixing his seal or whatever. This is pretty much coming from uh, Ambrose and, and his, uh, his allies. Yeah. Yeah. So this starts, this, this oppression of the pagans starts to spread across the empire. Basically now, there's a, the, the, the Christians across the empire have a blank check to fuck pagan shit up. <laughs> they do. Uh, and they yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. And they do. And they do. In the year 391, in Alexandria, which is, for, for those of you who don't listen to our Alexander show and, 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 and who are geographically challenged. That was uh, a great city, the greatest city in the world, probably, uh, in uh, at least at one point mm-hmm. in Egypt, founded by Alexander the Great, built by Ptolemy, uh, one of Alexander's successors, one of his generals, and really cranked it up by <laughs> Ptolemy II. Right. Um, it's where Alexander's body was interred, supposedly. 
Um, it, it, it had the great library of Alexandria, that was the greatest library ever built uh, at, at, up until a point. It was all pretty much gone at this stage. Right. But they make sure they get rid of the rest of it. So in Alexandria, um, according to one uh, Christian scribe, busts of Serapis. Serapis was a god that Ptolemy probably invented. He was like, he was syncretizing, as we call it. In the industry of merging right. uh, Egyptian gods and Greek gods and came up with his own god and his own cult that was a little bit of both, trying to get his Egyptian subjects and his Greek subjects all mm. on the same page. They could all go to the same fucking temple. <laughs> um, busts of Serapis, which stood in the walls, vestibules, doorways and windows of every house, were all torn out and annihilated. Ooh. And in their place, the sign of the Lord's cross was painted in the doorways vestibules, windows and walls, and on pillars. Dang. So the Christians are literally tearing down statues of pagan gods and replacing them with a painting of a cross. Yeah. Hey, check this out. <laughs> Crucifixion, baby! Even I'm qualified to paint a cross. And, and I think we covered this last time. I honestly can't remember because even when I dream at night, Cam, it's your voice in my head. Uh, in the West, you know, they've gotten rid of the altar of victory in the Senate House. They're, they're, they've t- closed down the Vestal Virgins. No, nothing for them anymore. So again, this is across the board going, you know, going after the roots of paganism, destroying everything they possibly can. Yeah, and staying with Alexandria, they they destroyed the temple of Serapis, mm. uh, or the Serapeum, as it was known. Now, this was kind of attached to the Library of Alexandria. Um, this building itself was so amazing mm-hmm. that writers in the ancient world struggled to, to convey how amazing it was. Right. Uh, the historian Ammianus Marcellinus, wrote, its splendor is such that mere words can only do it an injustice. Wow. That's what I say about, sort of I say about my wife. Aww. And about my, and about my dick. Um, okay. Another writer wrote, one of the most unique and uncommon sites in the world, for nowhere else on earth can one find such a building. Another wrote that it was the most magnificent building in the whole world. So... One day in uh, 392 CE, a large crowd of Christians gathered outside the, the Serapeum. Rocked up. Uh, being led by the Bishop of Alexandria, Theophilus. Mm-hmm. They then started, this crowd started to rush up the steps of the Serapeum, burst inside the doors of the most beautiful building in the world, and then began to destroy it. They began to tear down the famous centuries-old artworks that were on the wall, smash the lifelike marble statues, tear at the gold-plated walls, until they got to the statue of Serapis, the the, the centerpiece of, of, of the temple. Now, the rumor was that if the statue of Serapis was ever harmed, the sky would fall in. Right. And so everyone was a little bit scared. Yeah. These, these you are Christians. Go first. They don't, you go first. They don't, they don't believe in other gods. Right. But still. Superstitious. They were like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Theophilus ordered one of his men to take an axe and hit the statue, mm. which he did. He picked up a double-headed axe and hit Serapis in the face, and the statue shattered. Ooh. Everyone stood, looked around. The sky didn't cave in. So... They all gathered around and completed the job. The head of the statue was torn off. Its feet and hands were chopped off. And then, for good measure, the whole thing was burned. Dang. Don't know how you burn I a don't... marble statue. I don't know marble burns, but fuck it. Very... Let's try it anyway. They didn't know that. They weren't chemists. <laughs> a very a very uh, hard. So, I, so again, I guess the uh, bishop is telling them that this must be done in order to wipe out all of the other false idols out there, except for their, obviously, their one Lord and Savior. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think this this surge of violence is is partly connected to this Christian idea that they only there's only one God and, and that it's insulting to their God, thou shalt mm. have no other gods before me, and idols are bad and this kind of stuff. 
Um, I think it's also a little bit sort of payback for the sporadic persecutions that the Christians ah. suffered, but none of these people were alive then. Like, this is 392. The persecutions ended in the early part of the 4th century, like 90 years ago. So, <laughs> you know, there's no... That, that, none of these people have lived through any persecutions. Uh, so it's not like, you know, yeah, I was in a... But maybe their, their father or their grandfather or somebody mm-hmm. did suffer through it. And there's a bit of payback involved there. Not that I, th- I think, you know, the, the, the Serapists, the, Serap- the Serapists, the, right. the people in the Serapium are to blame for that. If you want payback, go give payback uh, to, 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 you know, the Roman emperors or the Roman army. It probably wasn't the, the, the monks, if they had the equivalent of, of monks in, or, or priests in the Serapium mm-hmm. that, that persecuted the Christians. There's no stories about that that I'm aware of. Anyway, Christians go batshit. And, and, and any activity associated with pagan rites or symbols of paganism across the empire were suppressed, banned, and destroyed. <coughs> Official, sorry. <coughs> um, Roman officials could even just enter into homes without a warrant because warrants didn't exist, but you could just go into somebody's homes and, and search for pagan material. Wow. Um, now, I joked that there was no such thing as warrants, but that there was no precedent for this kind of law in Rome, really. Yeah. Where you could just walk into somebody's home and look for offensive religious material and then throw the people in prison, take their house, whatever it was. Again, we gotta we we gotta keep this in context and remember that the Romans have been polytheistic for a thousand years. They yeah. they, they welcomed all as long as you were an old religion. Not an, they didn't like new things, but if you were an old religion, you, you could it, no one cared. It was, you know, whatever whatever gets you through the night. Yeah. Um, but now the Christians are like, nah, we're coming, baby, and we're going to come into your house, kick your doors down, and uh, you know, if we find that you're worshipping a god that isn't our god, we're going to fuck we're you up. We're going to break some heads. Because I remember, this was years ago, I remember us talking about some of the different gods for Rome. I mean, like on the day that you got married, you know, you bring your wife into your home, and she takes over the, the she thinks the goddess of, of the hearth or whatever. So not only do they have all these gods, but these gods have been incorporated into all, all of their ceremonies, like marriage, death, you know, um, becoming a man. Uh, um, having babies and stuff like that. So it is intertwined in their culture, and now it is all being smashed. And these people have got to be freaking out, thinking they're going to be upsetting the gods. But when there's a Roman soldier in front of you, and he's got a sword or whatever, and he starts smashing stuff, that's not exactly the best time to bring up uh, respect for one's culture. Yeah. Uh, and I think to, to find... A- an equivalent of this, mm-hmm. you have to go back to the mid-14th century BCE in Egypt mm-hmm. when the pharaoh Akhenaten banned all rival worship, religious worship, um, and forced everyone to, to worship his god, Aten. Um, he was a monotheist. He didn't last long. I think Akhenaten was Tutankhamun's father from memory. Mm. Um, he tried to briefly institute... Um, uh, uh, forced monotheism. Um, he, he didn't last very long. I think it was only a couple of years. And after he died, they basically uh, scrubbed, they, they reinstitu- reinstituted their polytheism yeah. and, and they tried to wipe his memory. They damnatio memoriaed him. Uh, basically, right. he was scraped off of all of the walls. His tombs were defaced. They wanted to make sure no one remembered who he was. But Theodosius's uh, campaign proved to be permanent. Yeah, yeah. So, so from three ninety to three ninety five, Theodosius is incorporating all these things, uh, all these different attacks against the pagans. It's being matched in the West. But, uh, but he's not a spring chicken. But again, for for those couple of years, they come down on hard and they do everything they can to obliterate. Everything that everybody thinks of when, when they think of the different, many different gods and religions that had been tolerated in Rome for, like you said, a thousand years. But um, but even then, I mean, Theodosius is not a young man, and um, his time is coming to an end. Yeah, let's not get there yet. Okay, though. all right. Um, in the 390s, um, they were also uh, uh, doing stuff in Rome itself. You know, we have archaeological research today that confirms that the temples 
in Rome was still being restored during the 380s. The right. pagans were still, you know, keep, keeping their temples looking nice. Right. Um, despite the fact that the Christians had basically taken over. But by the 390s, it all gets shut down. Um, Jerome, who was the protege of Pope Damasus, wrote that the gilded capital falls into disrepair, dust and cobwebs cover all Rome's temples. The city shakes on its foundations and a stream of people hurries past half-fallen shrines to the tombs of the martyrs. Mm. So very quickly, uh, you know, they basically shut down um, any, any servicing even of the temples in Rome. Uh, there was uh, the temple of Mithra was in in Rome was attacked um, and sacked. Jerome thought that was a great idea, and and in fact, uh, on the Aventine Hill in Rome, where we're going to be in a couple of months. Yeah, um, archaeologists have discovered that under the church of Saint Prisca on the Aventine Hill, there is a Mithraeum underneath it. Hmm. Um, probably built during the era of the Emperor Trajan. So there's a there's a Christian church built on top of a, myth, a church to, to Mithra. Um, people don't know Mithra, Mithras sort of, I believe, comes out of Persia, very popular in the late 1st century, 2nd century in Rome, very popular particularly with the army, the cult of Mithra, very, very similar to Christianity. They had initiation rites and he promised salvation and all these sorts of things. Mm. Um, but yeah, it got wiped out. And destruction of temples uh, to Mithra are well documented. Um, they, they, they were perceived as rivals to the Christians. Mm -hmm. uh, the early church fathers, Christian um, leaders, wrote quite a lot about Mithra. Um, one of the other things that happened during this period, the Olympic Games mm. shut down. Been going for, well, since the 8th century BCE, so over a thousand years the Olympic Games had been going and uh, they were held for the last time in 393. It's believed Theodosius banned them. Could, couldn't they just switch who you were thanking when you won the the race or, I mean, do they have to completely get rid of this? Because, you know, they did this for thousands of years. I mean, this was bringing different, the, the different uh, nation states together, um, realizing the, uh, trying to realize the uh, camaraderie through sports, through, uh, through, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to think, is there, do they have to actually get rid of them? Could they have not just switched things around? But I guess because it's tainted by the old gods, it simply has to go. There can be no wiggle room. No Olympic wiggling. Yeah, they, they had to ban the Olympic wiggling. Um, yeah, no, look, at they were held for a start at the Sanctuary of Zeus in Olympia yeah. in Greece. Yeah. And, um, you know, the whole structure of it was about celebrating the gods and, and, and the athletes were declared gods. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I guess who the fuck knows what he was thinking. Let's not try and impute logic right. onto, uh, you know. Faith and emotion, uh, yeah. Uh, theology, yeah. man. Um, also, during this time in Egypt, the use of hieroglyphics stopped. Mm. Hieroglyphics had survived through the rule of the Greeks, through the rules of the Romans. The very last hieroglyphics carved on a wall or on a tablet, right. date from 394. People obviously stopped using hieroglyphics, which means they stopped being able to read and write the hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. And it was 1,400 years before anyone could read hieroglyphics again. Right. And who do we have to thank for that, Ray? <sighs> Napoleon. Napoleon, bitches! <laughs> That's right, man. Dun 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 dun. No, no. Actually, it's all I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Napoleon leads his armies into Egypt in the late 1700s. While they're there, he takes a bunch of signers because he's motherfucking enlightened, right? And while they're there, they discover the. Um, 
the stone. Puts yeah. the fucking stone cool. Oh, God. The uh, Rosetta Stone. Was, yeah. The Rosetta Stone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that has uh, hieroglyphs and, and Greek and Latin, I think, um, side by side, and uh, Greek and maybe it was something else. I don't know. But anyway, they, they, they go, oh, shit, look, now we have a guide to translating hieroglyphics. And, um, yeah. But yeah, so, so Theodosius brought that to an end as well. And, and just to give everybody context, so because when Valentinian dies, Valentinian II dies in 392, Theodosius is ruling both halves of the empire. Yes, there's Eugenius, uh, the fake uh, emperor, but he's not going to last very long, as we saw in a previous episode. So this guy's in charge of both halves. He's prescribing paganism. He's coming down hard on it. And when you have one person running both halves, it, you know, it really is across the board. He doesn't have too many resistors. He can get this stuff done. And he, he truly does, not only is he afraid of Ambrose, but he truly does, he is believing it, if he's doing it for the right reasons, and there's probably still some fear of Ambrose uh, pushing this guy to uh, to do as much as he can, as fast as he can. You know, I talked a little bit, I think, in a recent episode about um, why the success of Trinitarian Christianity was important for emperors, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. I think the way that I framed it in the film is that the Jesus of the Gospels was basically Luke Skywalker. He was a rebel that was trying to bring down uh. the uh, empire. Um, you know, he, he keeps talking about the poor are going to inherit the earth, and we're going to overturn the bad guys. Sounds and, good. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Now, if you're if you're an emperor or, or, or a member of the aristocracy um, in in the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. you can't get behind. Luke Skywalker, Jesus! <laughs> no. You don't want you don't want people to think about constantly overturning the empire. And by the way, the you know the empire killed him, yeah, um, because he was trying to destroy the Death Star, and that's not the Jesus <laughs> you want people to remember. And that's the Jesus that some of the Christians, like the Arians, were kind of promoting. Yeah, um, the Jesus of the Trinitarians was this pre-existent being who sat at the right hand of the Father. He, he, they weren't talking about. Oh, Jesus is coming back, angry Messiah God. He's going to overthrow us, bad Romans, because we're bad. Right? No, no, no. They were like, no, 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 no. Jesus is all about the afterlife, bitches. Right. It's all about. It's all about um, getting a golden ticket to Willy Wonka <laughs> heaven, where you have uh, uh, yeah, the land of milk and honey right. and the everlasting gobstopper. <laughs> yeah, and Loompas to do your ever bidding. <laughs> You know that's that's what's important is the Willy Wonka yeah. afterlife, not fucking yeah. uh, 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 overthrowing the Romans because we are the Romans. Yeah. So they 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 they, they twisted it all up and went no 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 <laughs> like for, ignore all that stuff that Jesus said about overthrowing the empire. Yeah. No no, no the poor. What the poor wouldn't know what to do with the earth if they inherited <laughs> it's it. That's true. That's why they're poor. They'd run they're into dumb. the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. smelly. We yeah. don't like them. Fuck the poor. <laughs> Let's be rich. Um, Help me, Theodosius. You're my only hope. <laughs> yeah. Now, Porphyry uh, was the Bishop of Gaza mm-hmm. during this period. He visited the imperial court in 400 and persuaded the then Emperor Arcadius. Right. who we will get to, mm-hmm. um, to provide him with troops to sack the main temple in Gaza. Oh, and Arcadius went, sure, man, go sack that fucking temple. <laughs> sack the hell out of um, it. As the temple burned down, the homes around the temple were raided for books and idols oh. that were either burned or thrown into public latrines. Jeez. Now, here's the point. Here's what I want people to take away from this. How are we doing for time? Uh, Where are we at? Uh, 49 minutes. Okay. Here's the point. Christianity didn't gently make itself the favorite religion of the empire. You know, for for, for centuries, historians and apologists have talked about the triumph of Christianity. The way way it's normally positioned uh, is that, yeah, the pagan religions were old. They were boring. They were confusing. They didn't offer you much. Uh, and then Christianity came along, and it was new and improved. It was new Coke. Right. It was vanilla Coke. People were like, "Oh, fuck this vanilla Coke! This is this is great. So Zero. much better than old boring yeah. Coke. Only one calorie." And and the people jumped on board and and went, "Oh yeah, fuck those old fuck old Coke. We're going for new Coke or Pepsi." Right. Um, that's not what happened. Christianity <laughs> went right for anal. <laughs> That's right. It skipped kissing and went straight for anal. Now it 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 
became the religion of the empire mm-hmm. at the point of a sword. Right. Uh, and four, it was, it was, it was, they were like the fucking, they were like ISIS, man. Right. Instituting a, a religious hegemony uh, on the empire at the point of a sword. I mean, there's no evidence that they went on a mass slaughter of, of, of people, but they destroyed the temples, they banned worshipping, they burnt anything, destroyed, you know, uh, uh, not just pagan stuff too, but as we've seen, a- any non-Trinitarian Christian stuff they destroyed as well. Right. Um, they let the Jews survive, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because of a guy we're going to get to in, in, in an upcoming episode, St. Augustine. Um, they, you know, we, we saw, we've seen in episodes though, the Jewish, Jewish synagogues got burnt and destroyed and right. stuff. Um, and, and, and when emperors tried to say, fuck, just stop that, cut that out. Ambrose went, you're a Jew, you're a dirty <laughs> fucking Jew. Look at you, you Jew lover. Jew lover. You're a Jew lover. Jew lover. So there was antagonism towards the Jews as well. Right. Um, Diamond McCulloch, who wrote in a great book, uh, History of Christianity, the first 3,000 years, which I read a few years ago and and, um, I really enjoyed. He wrote, for most of its existence, Christianity has been the most intolerant of world faiths, doing its best to eliminate all competitors, with Judaism a qualified exception, for which, thanks to some thoughts of Augustine of Hippo, it found space to serve its own theological and social purposes. Mm. So, the, the, so, so you know, the Christians basically used Judaism to say, "Look, we're old. Look, we we, we come ah, out of this old thing. We're, right. we're, we we weren't we weren't invented yesterday, man. We've been around. We we come from this old thing. Old thing didn't work. <laughs> um, you know, they 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 had all these prophecies that God was going to come and rescue, and they never did. So obviously, they 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 were wrong. Right, and then. People like me said, "Well, wait. You you said your guy was going to come back two thousand years ago and 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 bring in the end of the world." Nah, fuck it. Shush. Shut up. What? No, we. <laughs> He's still we never coming. Said that. Yes, He's you still did. coming. Yes, you did. It's in the Bible. No, no, I don't don't believe anything. That's it's in a there. metaphor. Well, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did come, but he came uh, spiritually. Yeah, but that's not what it says in the book. <laughs> it says he's literally. Gonna come, right. and we're all going to be taken up into heaven. Yes. Well, well, yeah, we kind of, maybe, we kind of did in a shirt. Oh, look over there! Look, look, somebody's. Pew! That's a boat. Yeah. Look at that boat! Isn't that a great boat? Um, <clears throat> do, do me a favor. Compare this rise of Christianity with um, Alexander when he goes into the Persian, because he took more than, because we've, we've covered this on the other show, he took more than soldiers. I mean, he took scribes, he took scientists, he took uh, botanists or whatever, the people that study the plants or whatever. I mean, but even, even he, even though he was imprinting Greek culture on these people, I don't remember him to this degree wiping out everything that wasn't Greek culture. No, on the contrary, you know, we we saw that he he reinstituted mm-hmm. um, a lot of local religions because the Persians had tried to force ah, Zoroastrianism right. on a lot of their subjects, and Alexander was like, "No, no, it's okay, man. Go back, worship your gods. Fuck, I'll even build the temples yeah. to your old gods for you because yeah. I'm that kind of guy. As long as as long as you pay your taxes, uh, don't give me any trouble. Boom. Worship whoever the fuck you want. Yeah. By the way, I'm probably a god myself. <laughs> Just throw me into the mix." <laughs> But see, he was polytheistic. Right. He was a Greek. Yeah. Greeks were polytheists. So the polytheists are like, ah, worship, look, more gods than merrier, man. Like I was, I'm probably Zeus's son. I'm probably also Dionysus, maybe even Apollo. Fuck it, you know, right. I'm, 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 I'm many gods myself. I'm the shit. Like I not yeah. only believe in polytheism, I am a polythe. Yeah. yeah I, I, God, well, poly day, <laughs> deus, let's no, whatever. Not that I'm, excuse me, not that I'm putting you on the spot, but if you had to try to boil down a, and there probably isn't one, but, but a, a single idea about why they, they were so intent and wiping everything else out. I mean, is it just all these different fa- these different players at this particular time? Was it was it payback? I'm just trying to get a sense of why. Do they really feel that they were doing God's work? Why in the heck, to this degree, are they wiping out everything that is other than what they believe? 
Is there a simple, yeah. you know, I, I don't even know. I, I, it's probably just no, go ahead. I, I think, yeah, look, I think it's, it's realistically, it's a combination of all those things. Right. Um, I think some of them are true believers and they do believe that there is um, only one God and that he is going to be angry mm. Uh, if they allow worship of other gods, and that they're in a way doing people a favor um, by forcing them to worship the one true God, because you know that, that's the, that's what they should be doing. Um, I think that uh, you know they they do believe that uh, in order for Jesus to come, those of them that were still eschatological believe that in order for Jesus to come, the end of times to come. They needed to purify the world. There are certain oh. bits of the New Testament that say, look, he's going to come when everybody's converted. That may, okay. Because, um, you know, he doesn't want to rock up, Jesus, <laughs> and be walking like, like, oh, all right, worship me, bitches. And then somebody goes, what? Who are you? Who are you? And he goes, oh, oh, really? Like you didn't tell Barry. Wait, get, someone get Barry and Stan in here. Hey, what? what you, you missed a guy? You let me down. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, just, you just dampened my buzz, man. Like, I, I can't. I can't be coming around here. It's embarrassing. If peop- if, if if there's going to be one guy in the room that doesn't worship me, like, right? That's just well, that's killing killing my vibe, man. <laughs> killing my buzz. Before you said that last part, I'm thinking: is is it supposed that Jesus is going to be mad at the priests for not converting everybody? Or I mean, because you would think that those people who have not converted, they're the ones who are going to suffer damnation, not the priests, because they believe. But when you put it like that, I'm again, I'm sure it was a the confluence of many different reasons that came together that created this tidal wave, if you will, where they had to ram it down people's throats at any cost. Yeah, so I think it was a little bit of that. I think it was also a little bit of payback, but I think also it was a massive power grab, Mm -hmm. Uh, particularly guys like Ambrose. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that for him, it's all about a power grab. He is a guy who's gone, you know what? It's emperors come and go, man, but if we can control the hmm. fucking imperial throne. Fucking Holy awesome. shit. Imagine that. That's this power. He's a politician yeah. first. He's yeah. a politician first, a, a, a bishop second. So I think it's a combination of things. Okay. Um, now, you know, I, I, I just want to stay on this point as we <laughs> wrap up. Within 80 years of Constantine's Edict of Toleration, when Christianity first became legal, they had managed to effectively crush the thousand-year-old traditional religions of the Romans, the Greeks, the Egyptians, the Syrians, and and not with love and peace or love thy neighbour or, lo- or turn the yeah. turn the other cheek or logical or the meek argument, the earth, right, right, or logical argument or philosophy, but by violence and force, yeah. And not only have they destroyed things physically, but now some things are punishable by death. Some things are punishable by you lose your home. Some things are punishable by you have to give us a certain weight of gold. I mean, this is hitting people in their daily lives. So it is a completely thorough scrubbing of what had happened for the last thousand years. So this is going on in the early 390s. And because he is the favorite of Jesus and has done all of these great works. Uh, Jesus called Theodosius to heaven to be by his side within a couple of years. On the 17th of January in 395, Mm -hmm. Theodosius died from a terrible, painful disease. Uh, He died very painfully uh, in 395. Um, so he is done. He is spent. Yeah. Uh, he's not an old man either. Um, he's, let's see, 50 something. Mm. 395 minus 347. 48. <laughs> wow. He's my age, Ray. And he's. Theodosius is my age and he's dead. He, he has suffered. I just, I just have to go into this real quick. We don't have to spend too much time on it. But yeah, so he, he, design, he, he, he dies from a disease involving severe edema. I don't know how to say it in Milan. It's where um, 
uh, abnormal accumulation of fluid builds up out inside the body, but outside of cells. So there's massive swelling. There's massive pain going on. I'm not sure how long this had been going on, but finally it overtakes his body. So this guy who was doing God's work in both halves of the empire suffered for his God and then passes away. Yeah. Dang. So that is where I guess we can leave episode 10. What did we learn? What's the Hunter recap for this week, Ray? Uh, that um, Theodosius, um, who had, uh, was controlling both sides of the Empire by 392, was giving Ambrose everything he wanted. He systematically, violently, and every other other way possible was going after destroying paganism and any of the enemies of the Nicene Trinitarians. They were doing, they were hitting the rich, they were hitting the poor, they were hitting them where they lived, they were hitting their pocketbook. And not only has this stuff been wiped out, but is now punishable by death. It is now illegal flat out. So in a very, relatively a couple of years, from say 390 or 391 to 395, they were able to crush so many, so much of the enemy of the Nicaeans that um, it is hard to imagine any other religion or what, or any other faith coming back, such was their work. And like you said, it doesn't matter that Theodosius is dead in 395. This will go on because it is now how the empire is run because the power of the state is fully intertwined with the power of the church. Nice recap, buddy. Thank and you. in our next episode, we will be talking about who takes over. After Theodosius, his two young children Mm -hmm. and a guy called... Stick my just stick flavor. Don't you know that I'm the flavor that you gave her? I'm in the life that you live when you are doing again. They call me flavor. Flavor is stick my just stick flavor. Don't you know that I'm the flavor that you gave her? I'm in the life that you live when you are doing again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get up, get up, get up, get down. Rock to the beat of a funky sound. Beat so sweet, won't never go sour. Day by day, every minute of the hour. The morning heart aches and tell me what's new. Got nothing else to do but drink brew. Trying to feel flow, getting so low, then they're drinking the quarter old gold. That's right, that's the way we're gonna do it. And that's the way we're gonna get through it. That's why I-